The story of Saul and David is so interesting. Saul disobeyed God. So God removed Saul from being king. And yet Saul was still king in the eyes of the people. But in the eyes of God, the change was made decades before the people recognized the change. Saul was very jealous of David. They went out to battle, and the women met them as they came back from the battle and sang a song saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed ten thousands. And the women exalted David above Saul. Well, Saul was very angry over this. And from that time forward, Saul set his goal to kill David because Saul said, what else can David have but the kingdom? Well, God had already anointed David as king of Israel. And at the time he anointed David as king, he removed the Holy Spirit from Saul and gave it to David. And the Bible tells us that God gave an evil spirit to Saul to torment him. So what we are going to see Saul do in the next few chapters is try to kill David. It's an evil spirit working in Saul. Jealousy, envy, a knowledge that David is greater than he is in the eyes of the people. And Saul was surrounded with all kinds of problems because not only did the people exalt David, but Saul's son, Jonathan, loved David. And Saul's daughter, Michael, loved David and has become David's wife. Saul gave Michael to David because he really hoped that she would be his downfall. Also, Saul sent David out into battle against the Philistines, hoping they would kill David. But when none of that happened, Saul went after David himself to try to kill David. And this went on for decades. David finally had to flee and go to the wilderness. And he had about 400 to 600 men in his little band of mighty men that who were disgruntled and had fled with David. Some of them joined David along the way. But they kept moving from place to place to escape Saul because every time Saul heard they were in a certain place, he would go after David to try to kill him. And that's the story of the situation between Saul and David. David is already anointed king over Israel even before he kills Goliath. And yet he doesn't become king in the eyes of the people until he's 30 years old. And Saul is dead at that time. This is a story about Saul trying to kill David and God delivering David from the hand of Saul. God also kept 
David from avenging himself by killing Saul. Because twice David could have killed Saul, David restrained himself and wouldn't do it because he said he would not lay his hand on God's anointed. So there are several lessons in the story of David and Saul for those of us in the New Testament church today. 1 Samuel 19, And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee very good. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, David shall not be slain. But after Saul would say that, he would change his mind and try to kill David. We do know an evil spirit from the Lord was working in Saul. And when evil spirits are working in a person today, that person may swear he won't do something and then turn right around and do it because it's whichever way the wind blows with him. Verse 8, And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand. And David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David, even to the wall with the javelin. But David slipped out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. In verse 18 we read, So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel the prophet, to Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt at Naoth. David had the Holy Spirit of God. Samuel the prophet has the Holy Spirit of God. Now they are together as King Saul seeks to kill David. So obviously Saul's not going to win out. He has an evil spirit from the Lord. He no longer has the Holy Spirit. David and Samuel both have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us and teaches us and shows us the will of God. So Saul is not going to win out over David. But Saul will pursue David from city to city as long as Saul lives on the earth. And he will try 
to kill David. Some of you might have a boss in the secular world who is very much against you. The scripture in 1 John chapter 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, for you have the Holy Spirit. If you have to deal with an unreasonable person who hates you, turn to God and trust him for deliverance. Be patient and just keep turning to God and asking him for help. At some point, you will be delivered. You might have to take action yourself or God might just deliver you in his way. There is a very interesting story that Pam Paget has. She was a Christian when she was a teenager. God revealed himself to her. She went to college, and she went to the college that her elder sister attended. This sister was a little wild and liked parties and sororities and fraternities, and she wanted Pam to join in to everything she did. She took Pam one night, and they went to a fraternity party, but Pam said there was so much drinking and lewdness that she just turned and walked out the door and walked back to her dormitory. After that, the elder sister wanted Pam to go to a luau that was sponsored by a fraternity. Pam agreed to go. It was very appealing to Pam because she's kind of an outdoors type person, likes campfires and camping and hiking. And this was a few miles outside of the town where the college was. There was a creek there, and Pam pictured that there would be marshmallows and that they would be roasting marshmallows by the creek side. And it was very appealing to Pam. Plus, she would have a date. So she agreed to go. Then she found out that the young men were building individual huts for their dates. And Pam realized this was far more than just roasting marshmallows. So Pam told her sister she could not do this. Her sister said, well, it's too late for him to get another date. Now, Pam is a very young person at this time. She begins to pray that God will give her appendicitis the morning of the luau so that she will not have to go to this luau. The morning of the luau, Pam awoke and felt fine, and she was very disappointed that she did not have appendicitis. She noticed it was raining slightly when she looked out the window. Later in the afternoon, Pam got a phone call. It was one of the fraternity men, and he told her he had to apologize because the rain had picked up throughout the day and been so strong it had washed away the little huts that the men were building, and they were going to have to postpone the luau. Pam was delivered by God another way that she hadn't thought of.
there may be a way of deliverance for you that you've not even considered. Just faithfully turn to God with each incident that occurs and commit yourself to God and wait patiently until God does something or you see what to do. The Holy Spirit is so important, critical for us. John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. I believe this is secular and spiritual things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. There have been many times that I have cried out to God for help and have been reminded by the Holy Spirit of a scripture, that which Jesus has said, and it shows me what to do in the situation. There was a time that a law firm offered me $10,000 of free legal service. And I turned to God with this and said, What do you want me to do about this free legal service? And immediately I was reminded of a scripture concerning Abraham and the king of Sodom. It's in Genesis 14, verse 21. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich. When I was reminded of that, I knew God was saying to me, turn down that free legal service. This affected my life greatly because I purposed that like Abraham, I didn't want my possessions to come from things like winning the lottery or things that man set up. I wanted my possessions to come from God. I wanted it to be obvious that it was God blessing me and not man. This is an example of John 14, 26, where Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. There have been many times I've been in a situation and I didn't know what to do and I cried out to God and God, by the Holy Spirit, would remind me of a scripture. One of the times was in the year 2021. Negative thoughts began to attack my mind. Thoughts such as, you're 83 now. What will happen to you if you can't walk? If you get to where you can't walk, What will happen to you? You can't live at Pam's house any longer. Where will you go? What will happen to you? I said, God, help me. 
and instantly I heard, God will supply all your needs. And I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my needs. And I rejoiced. That's the way the Holy Spirit works in us. So to remove the Holy Spirit from us would be one of the worst things that could ever happen to us. God removed the Holy Spirit from Saul and gave the Holy Spirit to David. After David sinned with Bathsheba and killed Uriah, her husband, by sending him into battle, after that sin, Psalm 51 David prayed to God. Let's look at Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. He goes on and says, Purge me, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Verse 10, I've often prayed verse 10 when I have been in strife with someone. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 13, two more things that the Holy Spirit does. For us. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, of his own ideas. But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. By the Holy Spirit, we know the will of God. For the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God in the issues pertaining to this present life. Was Jesus with the people of God in the Old Testament? Yes, he was. Look at 1 Corinthians 10 verses 1 through 4. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized 
unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, the Word is God. When you hear a word from God brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit, that is the Word, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, by the Word. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. After we are born again, or at the time we are born again, it is the Word causing us to be born again. And we believe the truth of the Word, and so we are born again, changed by God. Given a new heart, given a new spirit, we're not like we were before. We are not like we were in the earlier years where we lived by our flesh and just did whatever suited us and went whichever way appealed to us. Now we are servants of God. So it is the Holy Spirit that's critical for us. And it would be a terrible thing for God to remove his Holy Spirit from us. Paul said, examine yourself. See if you're still in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not that Jesus is in you, except ye be reprobates? That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourself. When was the last time I heard an instruction from the Holy Spirit? I often have done that. And when I remember that the Holy Spirit showed me thus and thus recently, I'm comforted greatly by knowing I have the Holy Spirit. He is still in me. He has not been removed from me. Well, Saul has had the Holy Spirit removed. And an evil spirit from the Lord now is in Saul. And that Holy Spirit was given to David. The Holy Spirit is very critical to us. I would hate to think that I had to go forward in life making my own decisions. It's the Holy Spirit that we follow. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.